This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at ruler-hope or online at rulerofhope.org. Hey there, I'm Chris Nerlon. We have an exciting podcast ahead. But first, I want to talk about something we all know way too much about, moving. Just the thought of that can bring an unsettling emotion. Well, I found a team that can take that load off your plate. It's D1 Relocation. This group can do it all. They can organize your move, coordinate with a moving company, and a trusted real estate agent. They can actually vet key household partners, such as schools, insurance agents, physicians in the area. They can even help set up your Wi-Fi and water. It's incredible. So I've come to know this team, which is actually founded by a coach's wife. I think you should check it out. Whether you're looking to move now or in the future, it's d1relocation.com. Now on to our awesome podcast. It is my honor to bring Brittany Sloan on the podcast. Brittany is the president of the AFCWA and her husband, Brett, is the head football coach at Woodruff High School in Woodruff, South Carolina. Brittany, thank you for being a part of us today. Thanks for having me. Well, one quick Google of your husband's name, (laughs) and I see this video pop up from the press conference Mm -hmm. uh, naming him the head football coach there in February. This is the second time he's been a head football coach. So one of my favorite questions to ask is to take us back to that moment when you knew he was going to get the job and you start preparing for the press conference and all those exciting things that just happened for you a few months ago. Mm -hmm. So take me to that day. Well, it was funny because leading up to it, I think the process was like probably a little over a month. So it was kind of like all drawn out, all nerves. We were honestly looking at this opportunity and then an opportunity actually still in Georgia. Um, And we were comparing and, you know, our heart since we had had our two boys was to get them back closer to family. So the Woodruff job was, you know, an opportunity to do that. It was an opportunity for him to be a head coach again. When I say small town high school Friday nights, that's that's Woodruff, South Carolina. The town shuts down. It's a big community feel. Everybody knows everybody. And so we're excited about that opportunity. Well, we get down to the final week. He has a meeting with the superintendent that Thursday. So we came up um, and we were staying with my parents because this is the area we're from. And so he went and, you know, he's in his meeting and, you know, an hour passes, an hour and a half pass. And I'm like, okay, like, to get a call like what's going on so he calls me and he's like so they just handed me a contract I was like excuse me <laughs> and so apparently what had happened was Dr. Liston asked him if I offer you the job are you planning on taking it he said yeah he said, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm planning on it and so he slides the contract across to him and Brett looked at it and he said, um, I normally don't sign things without talking to my wife. <laughs> and Dr. Liston goes, well, here's my office. You can call her. <laughs> so he went, in the right now. <laughs> he went in the office and he called me and we were like, okay, we're doing this. So, you know, he signed the contract, but that was the meeting with the superintendent. And so the board meeting for official approval wasn't until Monday. So he called me on the way home and he's like, we can't tell anybody. Well, I'm sitting in my parents' house and I'm like, uh, waiting on my mom to get work. And I was like, this is not going to be good. So like, my mom gets home and like, I'm just trying to play dumb. Like, I'm so excited. And, 
and I'm getting all these like plans and ready to start packing our house and this and that. And uh, my mom comes on. She's like, so how'd the interview go? I was like, I, I think it was fine. And she's like, well, like, when will we know? And I'm like, well, we're supposed to know by Monday. <laughs> I'm like being really awkward. And then like, so he calls and he's like, well, we can tell our parents. And so he came home. Um, he came to my parents' house and he told my mom. And my mom just starts crying. Uh, and so it was so exciting. And we had kind of started like the, you know, the logistics on our old house. So about a week and a half past, we got that on the market and that sold really quickly. Um, but then we couldn't find anywhere here. <laughs> So we are currently living with my parents while we build a house, but it's the past six months have been just so different. And it's honestly been a kind of a mind shift for myself because for eight years we were in Georgia, we had friends that became family. Um, but basically, you know, it was us. So if I needed something done with the kids or this or that, and especially during football season, I figured out a way and made it happen. Um, but now like I have people I can call that are, 15 minutes down the road, not three hours. So it's just been so great to be back, you know, in our community, our community we grew up in with family. We've had two home Friday night games and at both games, we've probably had at least 10 friend, like close friends or family just show up and attend. Um, so it's really exciting. And it's just, it's definitely, I want to say a dream come true because we have, you know, we dreamed about it since we had our kids and just being back with family, it's, it's a game changer. And you cherish those moments so much when you've had to move away and then you get to come home. It's just, it's hard to describe for others that hadn't experienced that. And then some others going, oh my goodness, what would it be like to be able to raise my home? And you've been that person, right? You've definitely yes. been like, I'm doing this all by myself. Far away. Yes. Um, so I guess my question would be, what stands out to you as how your husband's, you've mentioned before, he was a head coach in Georgia, mm -hmm. right? Yes. He was an offensive coordinator in Atlanta, the mm -hmm. metropolitan area of Atlanta. And then to be able to transition to South Carolina, mm -hmm. what, how do you think, what stands out about him as to how he's able to um, move up like this and, and move into positions and, and went over that superintendent. <laughs> and so I think, you know, being a football coach, like the number one thing is obviously the X's and O's. Um, you know, he's very, he's very detail oriented. He's very, um, in, in my opinion, he is, you know, very high regarded when it comes to the X's and O's. So that's kind of the first step. But outside of that, he is a very genuine person. He does this a lot more than just for the wins and losses. You know, when we take a job, we care about these kids. He cares about the community. He cares about the program. Um, and he, you get so much when you hire him as a coach because it's not just the X's and O's. He has love for the kids, love for the program. He's very loyal. Um, and he just, I mean, he gives it all he's got. Okay. So did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife now sitting as the ASCDA <laughs> president? Did you see this coming? I, honestly, I don't think so. I mean, I've been involved in sports a lot. My little brother played um, baseball growing up. So we were always at a ball field. I went to a high school that from my, from my seventh grade year to our graduating year, um, our senior class football team lost one game. So we were like huge football people. Um, but I don't ever think I saw myself um, looking at, you know, Miss Bentley, our high school um, head coach's wife going, that's going to be me one day. Um, but here I am. And actually, you know, Mission and Miss Bentley, she, she's been, you know, a role model to me now that I have transitioned, you know, into this role and just looking back at, you know, how she did things when we were in high school. And then now, 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I ever said, oh yeah, I'm going to marry a coach one day. Okay. So when did coach Sloan tell you I'm going to be a coach? When did you meet? Give us all the details. So he has been coaching for 20 ish years. Um, we met 10 years ago in December. So he was already a coach. Um, when we met, we met actually through a tacky Christmas sweater party. Um, his brother and I were in a small group together and his brother invited our small group and, you know, we got to talking and he's kind of a smart aleck by nature. And so he made a comment and I was like, you can't talk to me like that. You don't even know my name. And so we started talking and the next day kind of started texting and have talked every day since. And um, we kind of hung out for groups with the first couple months and then um, started dating. And he actually got the opportunity to move to Georgia that following summer. Um, but it was, it was to him, it was too quick of a turnaround to try to get down there. And he tells people he, you know, we had just started dating. He didn't know where we were going. Um, so he actually turned the opportunity down the first time. And then it came back the next spring. And I said, that's great. Um, you can move, but I don't do long distance and I'm not moving without a ring. So falls in your court, buddy. <laughs> um, and we got engaged May 9th. Uh, married June 27th and moved to, or moved, married June 26th, moved to Georgia June 27th. Wow. Very fast turnaround there. Yep. We and dated. Now children later, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And do yeah. you work outside of the AFCWA president, the duties there? So I do. I'm an operations manager for our audio and visual installation company. So I get to work from home. So my schedule is very flexible. Um, so I get to be present with the kids and pick up, you know, especially during football season, pick up a lot of the extra pieces. And there's a lot of things I want to talk about with AFCWA about mm -hmm. exciting events coming along and how someone can be a member. But I want to kind of focus on you. We're going to talk about this. And I want to talk a, a little bit. And I think one of my top questions I always ask everybody on the podcast, because, you know, not every day, like I talk about, is the press conference mm -hmm. day where you're picking yep. out the outfit and you're the exciting moment mm -hmm. that you've been waiting for to get to be able to move home, to be around family and to be in the, one of those towns that values football like mm -hmm. no other. So I'm sure there's a day when you're like, what is going on? You know, where is this career going? This isn't mm -hmm. easy. Uh, has there been some times in your life that you look back now going, hey, we learned from that. So what mm -hmm. has been the toughest diversity you faced? And what did you rely on to get through those moments? When he was told they were going in a different direction at Kell after we had been there um, five seasons, you know, it was Monday after playoff loss. He came home and, you know, he he just like told me and I just I didn't know what to say. I just sat there and I was like, wait, what? Um, it was completely out of the blue. It wasn't expected by us, any players, any parents. Um, and so in that moment, I was like, we actually just six months later um, moved into a different house because we thought we were going to be in that area for longer. Um, so to give us a little bit more space to hopefully have our parents come visit more. And then here we are six months later and we're like, well, where are we going to be? What are we going to do? Um, and we were like, you know, it'll be fine. Like he'll find a job again, easy, no problem. Well, you know, a couple of weeks passed, a month passed, and it wasn't as easy as, you know, we thought it was going to be. Um, and it was hard. And I think for a period of time, I was really mad at God. But at the same time, I relied on my faith in God to get through that. Um, I knew he had brought us to that point. And as long as we walked with him and followed what he called us to do, that we were going to be okay. We were going to land somewhere, whether it be um, somewhere that was going to be 
a short-term fix or a long-term fix. And then, you know, looking back over the last year and a half, you know, going from Kale to Collins Hill for a year and then ending up back here, I can see how if that exact line of events did not take place, there's a high probability that we would not be standing where we are today. And so it's it's one of those you always like have a, um, a marker that you rely on in the future. So I think this is definitely going to be one of those that's a reminder of his faithfulness and his timing. And I'm sure you hear that from coaches' wives as mm -hmm. the president of the organization in the small groups and the large settings. Mm -hmm. We've been a part of it for several years now. That is a brutal thing that mm -hmm. we go through is those transition season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously rely on your faith is, is the strongest thing. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it's hard and people don't talk about it from our mm -hmm. perspective with the white perspective, because yeah. it, you're starting over and you're trying mm -hmm. to find new, a place to go, if there's a place to go and, and new schools and new doctors mm -hmm. and everything changes and just a, and just a snap of a finger. And then yeah, you have I don't think, emotions. I mean, do I you have conversations like this? About. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. And I don't think everybody thinks about like all the extra that goes in. No. I mean, do you have these types of conversations um, at convention and things like mm -hmm. that? Like women dealing with this? Absolutely. I mean, we, every year at convention, you know, we, we try to a lot for, you know, conversation time and then like structured program time. We do something called divisional break breakouts at convention. And we also try to do them virtually throughout the year to where, you know, ladies can get in a room in a group um, in a breakout room on a zoom that are all high school wives or all D three wives. And, you know, talk about like, hey, these are the things I'm struggling with. This is what we face this year. Um, and convention being that first weekend in January, first to second weekend in January is always so nice because you're, especially, you know, being in high school, like we're normally done by that time. And so it's like you're coming off all of this and you have all this kind of pressure and stress that you've been carrying and you just get to walk into a room and lay it down and nobody judges you everybody understands and it's it's like a breath of fresh air to be able to have that fellowship and have conversations with ladies that just get it off the bat you don't have to say i love i love doing this like i love my husband i love what he does but da, 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 da. it's like that's understood that's a common denominator you know we we all love our husband we all want to support him but it's it's a place where you can easily lay down you know, everything that you've been carrying, get advice, um, just get it off your chest from in a trusted circle um, from, like I said, people that just get it. That's right. And walk away refreshed too, mm -hmm. knowing that you're yeah. not alone. Yes. That there's so many of us out there, high school, college, NFL, mm -hmm. NBA, whatever this mm -hmm. case may be, um, different, we're all going through the same exact things in different capacity for sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious as to um, when did you decide to be a part of AFCWA? I mean, there's one thing in just joining an organization and then going, <laughs> I'm going to commit to be in leadership and serve other wives. So mm -hmm. where did this, uh, what sparked your interest? So um, like I mentioned earlier, we moved to Georgia the day after we got married. I knew one person when we moved to Georgia. Um, and so for really the first six to nine months, I was miserable. I went to work. I came home. I went to football games. I came home. I didn't do anything else. I didn't know anybody. Um, and then through kind of Facebook in about 2016, I saw this group called American Football Coaches Lives Association. And I was like, oh, what's this? So I started researching and I just, you know, saw it was a group of women that are coaches wives that get together in January and, you know, have fun, support each other throughout the year. And so I was like, oh, I want to be a part of this. 
Well, one part of membership is your husband has to be a part of the American Football Coaches Association. So I got on and I signed him up. And so then I got on and I did my membership and I joined and I looked at him one day. I was like, hey, we're going to Nashville in January. And he's like, what? And I was like, so there's this convention, like you can just go hang out and talk football, listen to things, but I'm going to go hang out with some other coaches' wives. And I had for through like the Facebook groups, I had virtually met some of the, some of the ladies. And when I showed up in Nashville that year, it was literally like I already knew them. Um, it was, it was a place like you were kind of coming home. Um, you were kind of like coming to a family reunion. And um, from then, I haven't missed a convention. That was 16. I think it took me two years to decide that, hey, like I want to be involved in this and I want to give back because it helped change my perspective so much as a coach's wife. And that's one thing I think the Lord really put on my heart is the ministry of coaches' lives. Um, so anytime that I can be involved in serving coaches' lives, helping with, you know, conventions or huddles or anything, I really love to do it just um, just to help and give back because I've been blessed to be around so many um, great coaches' lives that have poured into me and allowed me to grow and help me through adversity with advice. Um, so with our board, it's a five-year commitment. Um, so this would technically be my fifth year. However, since I was um, voted as president or vice president two years ago, which automatically rolls into president, I'll serve one more year as past president next year. And then I will join what we call our board of trustees. So we have our board of directors and then our board of trustees and our board of trustees is all past presidents. So we all get to stay involved, you know, and help the organization grow. Um, and support the yearly board of directors. And how have you seen the organization grow since 2016? So since 2016, I think we've we've also we've grown in numbers, and we've also been able to do a lot more like during the year and virtually. Um, I think you know one good good thing that came out of COVID is all the virtual ability of stuff. So we've been able to um, connect with our wives more during the year. You know, we've grown our Season Wife New Wives program that allows um, a Season Wife to sign up and a new wife, and we get to pair them and kind of facilitate conversations and just a mentorship. We've seen that grow. We've seen um, our scholarship numbers grow as far as how many people we've applied that have applied and the amount that we've been able to give out. Um, our silent auction benefits, the benefits our scholarship fund has grown. We've um, developed a marketplace at convention. So people bring like kind of stuff geared towards coaches' wives that you can buy and sell there. Um, and I think we're just continuing to grow deeper and develop more and more relationships. And I guess you have moved from multiple places, right? Into <laughs> a big city, small town. Mm -hmm. so what some of the things that you do, how do you get connected in a new community? And I'm sure you guys talk about this at a convention. I've been to convention before as well. I love it. Yeah. Um, so do you have anything that uh, that has worked well for you? I just honestly try to find a way to get involved and just keep digging. Because um, this is this will be the actually first time that we have lived in the center of the community that we've been a part of. Um, just, you know, kind of in the metro area, it's pretty hard to be in your district because they're geographically, they're pretty small. Um, number wise, they're not, but the amount of land is, is smaller. And so it's harder to find a house, but, you know, I just try to be involved. I try to meet players, meet parents, you know, me and my kids, we show up at practice. Um, we go to football events, like if they have a potluck or, 
um, a parent meeting, you know, me and the kids are there. We try to support the local community. Um, like right now, even though we're living with my parents, which is about 20 minutes outside of the community, anytime I need like an oil change or something with my tire, there's a tire shop that I go to in Woodruff. You know, I just try to reinvest in the community because I think especially at the high school level, if you're investing in the community, they're more likely to invest back in you. There's wisdom there in that. Okay. <laughs> Give me your best moving tips. Okay. So a friend of mine actually told me this. So when I take, when I do a box, you know, I use still use clear packing tape because um, it's the cheapest, you know, tape the box up real good. And then I have a color for each room. So if I have pink, I'll tape, tape the corners pink. And then I'll make a poster board that says pink equals Brittany master bedroom, blue equals Tristan's room, green equals Asher's room, purple equals playroom. And each box will have its color color coordinated. So then when we, you know, get to our new house or we're unpacking, we see the box and we're like, oh, it's got blue. So it needs to go to Tristan's room. So that way, if you have football players or movers, they can easily put everything in the room that it needs to be in. So that way, when you're unpacking, you're not like, oh, this box is in, you know, the master bedroom, but it needs to go across the house in the playroom. I mean, it's really served us well in being able to just quickly unpack. I have never done that. <laughs> Never thought of that. I have moved so many times. <laughs> I love it. That is it's very helpful. Because the first few moves, we didn't do that. And then the first time I did that, I was like, this is genius. I'm never going back. <laughs> because you, the day one, you're mm -hmm. like this high and you can't see anything. If it's in the wrong mm -hmm. room and your husband's back at work, you sometimes mm -hmm. can even lift. Yep. Get out of, to even start the process. And then like you're opening boxes, like, what is this? And <laughs> Um, so this way, from the get-go, you know exactly what it is and where it needs to go. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things, other tips you've done, right? Mm -hmm. So more of the, the deeper things, right? The emotional things, the way you connect. Um, and, and I guess you probably also talk about this at convention and maybe some of the small groups and the virtual things you do through this AFCWA. But if people just watching... Mm -hmm. uh, were to have a little window into what our lives are like, what would you tell them? Something that people don't really understand that we go through, that we go through. What would you say to that? Um, I think that a lot of people looking on the outside, you know, looking in, don't really remember. They seem to forget that like, we're real people. We have real families, real lives. You know, I saw that recently or yet last night about NFL cuts right now. Like, you know, you see these announcements, these changes, but remember, like, there's a real person, a real family, you know, a real household connected to that. Um, so I think that's one thing that, you know, I would just encourage people to remember. But then the other thing is we get a glimpse into, you know, on our, our team, we have 81 kids, um, ninth through seniors this year. And, you know, we get a glimpse into these, these boys' lives and we get an opportunity to really impact our next generation. You know, coaches spend more times with their players than they do their own kids a lot of times, which means normally they're spending more time with these kids than their own parents. And so as coaches, families, we get the ability to impact the next generation um, and get experiences and our kids get experiences and our kids end up loving these players. Um, right now, particularly my kids have two players that when we go to the field, they're like, where's AJ? Where's Gunner? Where's AJ? Where's Gunny? Like, so we get to impact the next generation. And so it's kind of one of those things that, yes, everybody wants to win a state championship, 
but it's a reminder that it's not always about the wins and losses. Exactly. Very well stated. So you go to practice some of the practical things that you do. If you're going to practice, they're hanging out. What else are you, uh, how are you reaching these players? We haven't been able to do this yet because we don't have house. But <laughs> in, um, in the past, we like to have position groups or, you know, classes over. We've normally always done like a senior cookout um, just to like, you know, get them in our house, get to know them. Um, every year before the first game, I get um, cookies baked that are in the shape of a jersey and it has their name and number on it. And me and the boys take them to school, take them to the school and hand them out. And it's so funny to watch like 14 to 18 year old boys get excited over a cookie, but it never fails. They do. And like, it's just, it's a connection, um, you know, and we, we cheer them on like, like they're our own part of our own family. And we just try to, if they're, they do other sports, we go to the other sporting events. We just try to con consistently show up for them. And I'm sure you were a head coach's wife before. Yes. Went to be an offensive corner's wife, mm -hmm. and then now a head coach's wife again. And yes. I know you don't have your house yet. You're still in the process <laughs> of moving. But what were some of those things that you've been thinking about for a while? If mm -hmm. I ever had a chance to be a head coach's wife again, some things that I would love to do for the wives on my staff. Uh, without giving away all your secrets, right? <laughs> fun things I've had. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So back in the spring, um, when we finally got our staff, you know, situated, I sent um, little goodie bags via the coaches. So some of them got them on the day one. Some of them got them like, you know, day 15 because <laughs> they got left in coaches truck. But it was just like a little goodie bag of, you know, a tumbler that was decorated in our school colors, a bracelet, um, that were our, was our school colors and a frame that says uh, with a framed picture that says they tackled the calling together. Um, so it was just like a little, you know, a welcome gift. Um, I try to be very intentional with our coaches' wives. And, you know, if I know they're going through something, our coach mentions like, hey, so-and-so's dad's not doing well. Like I try to intentionally like re reach out, see if I can do anything um, and, you know, be genuine about it. Like, because these, you know, these ladies, like they sacrificed their husbands too for our staff. And we had several that state that were on staff previously at our school, but then we had several that moved um, to our school. And so I just try to get to know them and hopefully um, maybe in the spring, I get to have them over to our house and, you know, host like just an event to chill out and relax, get to know each other. Um, we went to something here local called Coach's Life Night Out a few weeks ago um in Columbia and so I was able to purchase our staff a table so anybody that was you know interested in coming to go I just try to like really pour into them um my my love language is gifts so a lot of the time it may include a little gift but um you know just to get to know them and offer a safe space for them and a lot of times uh I know you probably thought about these things in advance mm -hmm. and a lot of things at times we talk about you know looking at other wives and what they do at other staffs mm -hmm. You've been a head coach's wife before. There's another side to that, though. It's also helping your husband through that process mm -hmm. of going from a head coach to being an offensive coordinator, not knowing if you get another opportunity mm -hmm. again. Um, and then you, you're sitting there going, these are things I want to do, but you don't know if they're <laughs> going to happen, right? Yes. How do you navigate those waters when you're sometimes, you know, did it make you more aware of what the head coach's wife was going through? I mean, did it change anything? I mean, conversations with him, as I'm sure he has a dream of being a head coach again. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot to navigate there. Did, does that strike a chord with you? It does. I think um, you don't really know like all that a head coach is 
coach does until you become the head coach. And even, you know, him wanting it and talking to other head coaches and trying to get a perspective, it's a whole new world because it's no longer just the X's and O's. You know, it's the X's and O's, the fundraising, the board meetings, the um, athletic department meetings, and it's everything, it's the youth. Um, it's everything that encompasses what could be the football program. Um, and so in, you know, in my position, I try to look like at a lot of the outside stuff, you know, and keep him in the look in the loop because sometimes he he does get so focused, you know, on like that week's game that the other day I was like, hey, just so you know, like the youth is practicing X, Y, and Z, you know, on the game field or on this field. They're playing here. Um, just to make sure, you know, things that aren't X's and O's are kind of like in the forefront of his mind because sometimes um, he's so focused on the game plan that, you know, he kind of like forgets about, you know, the other stuff. But I think we're we're really a team in that fact. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize all the things that go in, like I said. Um, and then, you know, last year being back to an OC's wife, it – it was, and luckily I was friends with the head coach's wife. So we could have conversations and like, like my, my cookies that I normally do. Like I asked like, Hey, is this going to step on anybody's toes if I do this? Um, and so we had that relationship and I think being, you know, going from head coach to OC's wife, it's like, it's a breath of fresh air because it's like, okay, not everything relies on us. Um, but it's also kind of tricky in when you want to do things for the players, like, Oh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Um, but I think that you should always have a conversation. Like if you're worried to, that you're going to offend somebody and like, Hey, I'm interested in doing this. Um, do you mind? Or, you know, just have an open communication, I think is what helped get us through, um, last year. And then, you know, we would have conversations about like what he learned that maybe he would take on to the next time he was a head coach, what he learned that maybe didn't work so great or worked for this program, but wouldn't work for a different program. And I think you learn those things as you go back to an assistant after being a head coach. Um, you, you see like, okay, I did these things. He does this and it helps you grow. It does. It gives such a perspective because we've been a head coach and wife before and then moved to different level and things. And so it's, it does, it gives you an awareness of what they're going through that yeah. you thought you had, but until you walk in there, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. It gives you more grace yes. uh, for them than you didn't have before. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things too. I think there's something else I wanted to ask you, which was you are leading an organization that mm -hmm. covers all levels mm -hmm. of football, right? So high school, all the levels of college athletics. Uh, what have you learned through that process? Because I feel like on this podcast, all levels of athletics mm -hmm. and actually all sports will listen as well. But mm -hmm. I think it's interesting because how much have you learned that all of what we face is similar? Mm -hmm. And then obviously some of the, the stresses just switch yeah. for, for different <laughs> things. I mean, has it been a challenge or what, what do you feel like? Because you're over so, so many different groups of people that have different stresses. I think one thing that I've noticed with the wives is nobody really talks about what division they are. Um, nobody, nobody really cares per se. Um, we do all have a lot of the same struggles. There are some struggles that are specific, you know, to D1 that a high school coach, coach's wife may not face. And that's why we do the divisional breakout. So you can kind of talk to somebody that is going through the same season or division that you're walking through at that moment. 
Um, but overall, I think our wives all get along and we're just coaches wives. We're not an NFL wife. We're not a high school wife. Um, we, we do the thing we do, we do it together. Um, you know, and a lot of wives have been an NFL wife, a college wife, a high school wife, you know, just themselves. And yeah. so it all kind of fluctuates. And so we, we really don't like put labels on if we're an NFL wife or a high school wife, like we just love each other um, because we're a coach's wife. I love it. Great answer. So how do you stay connected during the season? We're in the season right now. Mm-hmm. You're a head co- football coach's wife. You probably don't see them that much. You're working full time. You're in the middle of a move. Yeah. <laughs> Doing downtime. Is there a date night at all? Um, we are guilty if we could be better. We could be better at this, especially during season. Um, our last date night was for my birthday in July. <laughs> um, I know. Uh, we we are trying. He is trying something different this year. So in the past, I've always done Sunday afternoon meetings, and so this year our coaching staff is actually meeting on Saturday mornings. So he, you know, gets up early and goes in and is normally home by one or two. So then we have, you know, the last two weeks we've had all day Saturday. Um, and most of Sunday together. So we've spent that time as a family. Um, two weeks ago, we had my son's birthday. So that took up most of the Saturday that he was home. Um, but yeah, that's one thing we do need to get better about. Um, when we were dating, we would always go for breakfast on uh, Saturday mornings. That was kind of like our connect time. Um, and then like in the evenings, like I do, I try to stay up to make sure, you know, when he gets home, just to at least have a brief conversation, even if it's just like 10 or 15 minutes, like, Hey, how was your day? How was practice? Um, what are you struggling with today? You know, just, that's one thing we talked about this summer. We went to an FCA marriage retreat in Branson and it was just, you know, having a brief 10 to 15 minute conversation each day just to check in. Um, and so we do try to do that and we do, we honestly do need to get better about, you know, having time away. And, you know, in the past we've had to rely on like high schoolers or um, daughters of friends to like babysit and now being back with family, we need to take advantage of that. That's right. I'm sure your mom is going to listen to this. Mm-hmm. She's going to need a great night, which I'm sure she's going to be glad to offer that. Yeah. like having you home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So top two to three favorite memories of mm-hmm. being a coach's wife. Um, I think uh, one of the biggest ones is, so we have two in-season babies, not good planning, but they both decided to come early. Um, And our first, our first one came a week to the day before Brett coached his first game as a head coach. And so score Atlanta, which is like a local um, Metro Atlanta prep uh, news channel, they allowed us to go in their hospitality box at um, the Georgia State Stadium because they do a big Corky Kell kickoff. Which is this year, it's now, I think, four days. Um, you know, a few years ago, it was only two or three, but it, you know, Saturdays all day. So we would all, at Kell, we would always play the 9 a.m. game. And so Tristan was there at a week old, um, you know, for his dad's first game. And it's funny because the next like three or four years on the broadcast, they would always talk about you know, Coach Song, like he had a kid the week before he coached his first game. And so that's just, that's a big memory. And we were able to go down to the field after the game and see him. Um, And I think one, one act's actually pretty recent. It's just, it's funny how your memories come different when you have kids. Um, This past summer, one of our parents hosted like a pool party um, at their house. And so Brett and I went and we took the kids and just watching our players like, 
take our, you know, our, at the time, our five and three-year-old in and we're playing with them in the pool, you know, making sure they were safe and just really loving on them is just a reminder of the experiences that our kids get that a lot of kids don't. Like, a lot of kids don't get 81 adopted brothers. Um, and so those would definitely be two that stick out. Um, another one would be, we played in the Mercedes-Benz Dome and I was pregnant with Asher and Tristan was was about to turn two and we were like on the field and the first thing that coach does is you know he comes and finds us and there's just this this cute picture with him like making this huge smiling face at me and Tristan and it's just moments like that that remind you of the excitement of this life. So the American Football Coaches Wives Association the convention is coming up in January what can we look forward to? So we are, we're excited. It will be in Nashville. It starts on January 7th and runs through um, the 10th. And so we are excited. We've got some divisional breakouts. We've got some programs planned. Uh, we're going to try to do so, a couple of things to adventure out into the city as well as bring a part of Nashville to the Gaylord that we can take home. Still trying to define um, everything, but those are a few things that are, are in our plans. And then how can someone become a member? So all you have to do is our fiscal year actually re just restarted. Um, our membership runs August 1st to July 31st. So you just go to ASCWA.org and you'll see a button that clicks join now. You click it, um, you put in your information, you pay your yearly membership fee and you're a member. We have a members only Facebook group that has a lot of conversations, people asking for advice. Um, sometimes we get deals from our sponsors that go in there, you know, posts about Zooms or you know, Bible studies or whatever we're doing that month. Um, and then once you sign up and you're in the, your kind of back office of the website, you can see a member directory. So you can look for people that live near you or are coaching in the same division as you um, and some contact information for them. We also are going to offer recorded Zooms that we've done there. And then you can also buy your convention ticket there as well. And I can't encourage you enough to go to convention. It's very refreshing. I have been, um, and it's it's wonderful. You think about, okay, am I really going to do this? I got to find mm -hmm. some child care. It's worth it for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm not being paid to say this. <laughs> It is worth it. And it is so fun. You walk away and it's a, such a fun time with just your husband. How often do you get to go away uh, with just your man and he gets to hang out with his people for a little bit and you get to talk to your girls. It's awesome. Okay. So you can go to updates. I'm sure there's social media. I've tagged this before, but the AFCWA um, has all the socials. So make mm -hmm. sure you call them for updates. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Fill in the blank. I never do this at a game. Keep calm. <laughs> um, I think my friend has started like trying to take funny pictures of me at games because I don't keep calm at all. <laughs> if your husband were not a coach, what would he be? Um, first thing on top of my head, would I'd probably have to say a translator. He speaks Spanish fluently. He actually taught Spanish for 10 years before he switched to uh, health and PE. Um, so I would probably say translator. Nice. Coach surprises you walks in the North concert tickets. Where are you headed? Right now, I'd have to say Lainey Wilson and Morgan Wallen. If I could create that concert. <laughs> if you could have dinner with someone, anyone you pick, current or from history, not a family member, who is it going to be? 
My answer has always been Princess Diana. Oh, that would be interesting. Okay, you get a night alone. What are you binge watching? Um, if it's, you know, about a week from now, you know, around September 7th, Virgin River. Because <laughs> it comes out with a new season. What's your go-to meal to cook? Um, in the fall, chili. I have like a five-ingredient chili that's very good. Okay, you have to share. You have to share the recipe. Okay. All right, what sport can you be Coach Sloan in? Um, probably not. <laughs> I cheered and ran track in high school. That was like the extent of my athletic ability. He did football, basketball, baseball. I'm hoping our kids get their athletic ability from him. I mean, I hear run track. That's that's impressive there. Yeah, yeah. I did uh, 400 hurdles for three years in, oh in high school. Now I'm only running if somebody's chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun, Brittany. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at CoachesWifeLife.